All right. Um, I'm excited to deliver this message today because it's one that we already live. And I'm going to walk through uh, today a little bit different than usual. I'm going to put several scriptures on the screen to help us move a little bit more quickly since we already took up some time with extra prayer, worship, and the, the Word today. Um, again, I want to talk just on the simple theme of you can help. You can help. Now, in recent weeks, we've talked about um, the evil of racism and how God designed us to be better together. We've talked about how through Jesus Christ we can be healed and forgiven, right? We have talked about the way that God lavishes His love on us through Jesus Christ and through salvation. And in the last weeks, we've really been kind of looking at us, like uh, ourselves personally. And today I want to look on the outside and I want us to um, be asking some questions as we read these verses. What is God like? What does God care about? What is God thinking? What does God feel? And what does that say about how I should be and what God would say about my relationship with other people in the outside world? Okay? So you can help. God's love for us is meant to share. And two primary texts that we're going to look at today you see on the screen. Psalm 68, 4 through 6. And Luke 12, 33 through 34. So starting off, Psalm 68, 4 through 6, let's see on the screen here. Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God. Some of us are getting caught up with this TV show, This Is Us. Well, listen, this is God. That's what he's like. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets prisoners free and gives them joy. So who is God? What is God like? What does he care about? What is he thinking? And what does that say about our world and us in relationship to our world? Proverbs 31 verses 8 through 9 says this, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. I think the American way has become let the poor speak up for themselves. Let the oppressed, let the minority, let the people that don't have the strength speak up for themselves. I'm here to say today that is not the way of God. It is not the way of God. The way of God is that all Jesus' followers in whatever state that they are in speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Leviticus 19.34 in Revelation of the Character of God. God says this, The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. So all y'all Baltimore natives, be nice to me for crying. The foreigner... Residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. Sound familiar? For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. God is saying this is really important. This is connected to who I am. The essence of my being. So what is the call to a Jesus follower in how we relate to people 
who don't look like us or people who are not from where we are from or people who are illegal aliens. Well, the God has said something about that. Come on, somebody, don't shout me down today. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 through 19 says this, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God and mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners. For you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. This is important. And what are we doing in looking at these texts? We're trying to reveal the heart of God. What is God like? What does God care about? I want to refer also to Jesus and his birth, his natural birth on this earth. Jesus was born in exile in Egypt. I don't have the time to unpack the full biblical significance, but I think we were getting a clue here, right? Jesus was a part of minority group that was oppressed by the Roman military and by Greek culture. Jesus was a part of a minority oppressed group, poor, working class, small town, second class citizen, and born in Egypt because his family was on the run because the enemy was seeking to snuff him out. Jesus identifies more with those that are born in poverty as exiles from a natural human perspective than he does with people that are born in comfort and wealth. See, this following Jesus thing and what it looks like and how we should talk and what our value system should be, we should be more closely aligned with the red-headed stepchild, for pardon the expression, with the underdog, right? My, my uh, middle school football coach was kind of a runt, but he had the kind of desire that you saw in the movie Rudy. And when he first went to try out for football, he was scrawny and undersized. And and, and his, he was asking the coach if he could play. And his coach said, well, I can't win with 11 of you. <laughs> the story of the underdog is the story of Jesus Christ. And if we're not looking for it, we can miss that fact. Jesus knew what that was like. Jesus said this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. We can get a little bit weirded out by some of the spiritual imagery and miss the plain, simple truth of what Jesus is calling us to. Oh, there goes Pastor Ben again. He's ruffling up the nest. He's making me uncomfortable. Listen, if we're living a life that is primarily selfish, we are not following Jesus. That's why the American dream is not for us. We are aliens in this world. You were not created for the United States. You were created for heaven. And that, in following Jesus, means you were created to make certain decisions in your life that is not pleasing you comes first. I'm talking to myself now, of course. Right? Jesus said this in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 45. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. What was Jesus like? He was a servant. This is him talking about himself. I didn't come here to be served. Who deserved to be served? 
Jesus deserved to be served. Who did not deserve to be served? Us. What did Jesus say that he came to do? Not to be served, but to serve. So if we are going to follow Jesus and live out of a thank you to Jesus, what should we do? Serve. Who should we serve? The poor, the oppressed, the minority, the broken, the hurting. The people that lash out verbally. The people that are nasty. That's who we serve. Right? Hurt people hurt people. You got somebody that's hurting you in your life, it's because they are hurt. If we're going to follow Jesus, it looks like I'm going to choose to not live a selfish life, but to serve other people. That's what it looks like. And this is easy to talk about because we are a church that does this already. So we, we had a couple weekends ago, we became aware, a friend of mine, Stephanie, had, had a, a friend that had passed away suddenly and he, he had a fiance nan who wanted to put on an event in his honor and they wanted to do something about dog adoption and music in the skate park and i said well i know somebody who loves dog erica loves dogs and so what did erica do erica helped plan the whole event worked tirelessly gave of her own time energy and money and served in a selfless way primarily to help two ladies that were grieving the loss of somebody they cared about That's what service looks like. That's what humility looks like. That's what being selfless, being sacrificial, that's what it looks like. Right? So we have our good friend Miss Millie with us here today. We love love Miss Millie. Miss Millie was a shock trauma nurse at Hopkins and kept seeing families come in as their kids were getting shot and decided to do something. To not live a selfless life, but to live a selfless life and to help people. And that's how Mother's Cry got started in the, in the 2000s. Just trying to help and then connect mothers that had lost their children to murder with other mothers that had a similar journey and help and start healing gatherings and then healing events and lots of hours with, with, with sharing tears and providing love and providing support and being willing to step in where even where she didn't have all the answers and couldn't stop the senseless violence that's going on in Baltimore City, right? That that's that's what selfless love looks like. That's what following Jesus looks like. That's why it's easy for me to jump in and help out with whatever it is. And so what happens as a result of that? So she strikes up a little friendship with this little guy named Ray Lewis. You may have heard of him. And so this past week with the kneeling during the national anthem and everything that's gone on with that, uh, last Sunday in London, uh, Ray was on the sidelines with the team. It was kind of a previously planned thing and, and knew that this was going to come up, right? And knew that there would be uh, contradicting opinions about what was going on. And, and you know, some of you know, I volunteer as a police chaplain. We love our first responders, all of them, the wicked ones and the good ones, right? We love them all because they're human, right? They're human and they're out there. And, and we, we talked to one officer yesterday who was finishing 24 hours straight working, right? And I don't know how we expect these officers to make good decisions when we're putting that, but editorial comments will be safe for later. So, so what happens is there's, a lot of, particularly white people, are not aware that Francis Scott Key wrote a third verse that we don't ever sing as a part of the national anthem that is horribly violent and racist against black people. And we're not aware of that. 
And a lot of us, white people in particular, now bear in mind as a child, I was on government assistance for food. I grew up poor, not extreme poverty, but poor, right? But regardless of kind of how you grew up, what education, what you, maybe you had a, a black person do violence to you, or maybe you did it to them, whatever is racially going on on the inside of your stuff, as a general rule, people who are not a part of a minority group do not know what it looks like to look at a flag and hear an anthem that you don't feel like defends you, but in contrast, you feel like oppresses you, makes it harder to have um, equal opportunity, makes it harder to have an equal educational opportunity. People that are in the majority don't understand what that's like. Or maybe you're of a different ethnicity, but you had a two-parent home, and you had education, and you never had to worry about food on the table. You didn't have to go to school to get breakfast and lunch, and even during the summer. You didn't have to deal with all of the other things that come with that, right? So you don't understand what it's like to look at a flag and not feel like it's there for you to protect you, but instead feel like it's there to oppress you. Now, I didn't grow up like that. I didn't understand that. I love the United States. For me personally, in my journey, God called me to serve the United States in the same way that missionaries get a call to other countries. It's just as dramatic. Today is not the day to go into that, but I love this country after I love Jesus Christ. I love this country because Jesus Christ gave me a purpose to serve this country. And so as a result, and some of you know I cry, it helps. And so I have cried at the national anthem because of what the meaning is to me, right? So that's different. So what happens? Ray Lewis knows that this is going to happen last Sunday. So what does he do? He gets down on both knees to pray. He has this text message exchange with his mother, many conversations with other people. What should I do? People are going to be looking at me. But it's true that there isn't racial equality in our country. And it's true that our president called NFL players an SOB and said they should be fired if they do a peaceful, silent protest and is not acting the way that a leader should act. I think that's safe to say. We pray for all leaders, good ones and bad ones, because they're humans just like police officers, right? I I listen to every State of the Union address. I read for every candidate that I vote for, and I always vote, and I always go to jury duty. But listen, all of that comes after my role as a follower of Jesus. I am not a man-child. I am not a boy first. I am a Jesus follower first. The scripture says that. I'm a Jesus follower before I'm white. I'm a Jesus follower before I'm a man. I'm a Jesus follower before I'm a husband. I'm a Jesus follower before I am a parent. And so my relationship with Jesus comes first. So what happened? People see Ray Lewis on both knees praying for our country. Though he is not a patriot we must bring him down. They circulate a petition of 40,000 signatures to try to get the statue of his memory removed, right? And so yesterday with um, Ray's mother, Miss Millie, myself, the Beatty family went to just kind of su- show some moral support to Ray and, and the fact that they're, they're not perfect people, but they're Christians. They're trying to walk out this Christianity thing in the middle of a complex situation. Well, well something kind of cool happened in the middle of all that. A family walked up from Arkansas, Lily White, just like me, not knowing anything that was going on, small town in Arkansas, young man with a, a terminal illness, and his make-a-wish, he wanted to watch today's game with Ray Lewis. That's what he wanted to do. Make-a-wish said, that's two wishes, we'll get you to the game, we don't think we can get you an introduction with anybody. But he's, they put him up in the same hotel that some of the Ravens are staying in, they got to see Jacoby Jones in the morning at the hotel, I thought that was really cool, they walk up to the statue yesterday, they don't know what's going on. 
So they meet myself, they meet Miss Millie, we start to explain a little bit what's going on. They stay through the whole thing. Miss Millie knows that Ray Lewis is around and that there's a meal getting put on and he might show up. And so she invites him to the restaurant. And that young man got to meet Ray Lewis and got to be in the room when Ray, speaking in tongues as well as praying with all of his heart, prayed for our country, prayed for the the poor, the children of our city, prayed for sex trafficking, prayed for our nation. I mean, he was praying at 75 decibels, man. The man was throwing down. I was like, man, I don't know why I get so conservative in my church. This is how I grew up. Somebody, right? A little freedom just got me excited. But the, it was a moment that this young man and his family, like, they didn't know what to do with that, right? But they, it was like, this is really cool. So he's encouraged. His dream came true. Now, how did that happen? Selfless and sacrificial love was willing to stand in the gap. Are you with me? Yeah. A, a little bit more scripture today. Jesus said this, sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now we have many examples of this in this church. And I've already shared, spent some story time on a few of the things. I, I'm just going to move on, but... This is an important factor for us to consider. Jesus in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, then he turned to his host and said this, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Some of us watched a video last year around the Super Bowl time, uh, a group that went out under the streets of New York City and gathered up a bunch of homeless people and brought them into an amazing Super Bowl party so they could watch the Super Bowl and eat and drink and gave them stuff. And what a beautiful example of this. What a cool idea. You will know generosity in your life if you will give to people who will never repay you. And we, again, we have many stories of that here in this church. I love that. I love that about us, that this isn't a hard message to preach today, because in this room, we have many people that live this way. I want us to consider, and Jesus talks about the gospel, and he shared Luke chapter 15, he shares the, the parables of the lost. It, it is with great compassion we think about Luke chapter 10, chapter 11. He's talking about prayer. He gives us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He gives us a story and an example of somebody who brought someone into their home and was attempting to meet their needs first and then go to the Father and ask the Father for provision to help you continue to meet that need. That makes me think about Ron and Lisa and what they do in their home and Justin and Becky and what they've done in their home quietly for years. That makes me think about Joe and Anna letting us sleep at their house for a month. That makes me think about generosity that's in this church. And in the middle of all of that, Jesus gives a very sharp criticism and a caution to people who looked at themselves as religious. And he said, do not neglect justice and love. Jesus talking. That section of Luke chapter 10, 11. So, so very important. 
So what kind of God do we bring people to? Check this out. Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew, sorry, that's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus talking. 1 Peter chapter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. When we draw people to Jesus, let's make sure we're drawing them to Jesus. To that kind of God that says, give your cares to me because I care about you. That's the kind of God that we serve. I love the fact that we see in in Jesus' story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, which you guys have heard me teach on before. We see Jesus giving an example of somebody who is a part of the ethnic minority. Actually, multiracial ethnic minority that were looked down on by people on both sides. Right? And Jesus tells a story about this kind of average believer who sees someone in need and reaches out. And he reaches out, I love this, with sees. Still a pastor, right? With compassion. The Good Samaritan reaches out with compassion. He reaches out when it could mean that the thieves were waiting to attack him with courage. He reaches out with compassion. He reaches out with courage. He reaches out with creativity and problem solving. And he reaches out with his cash and credit. Read the story. It's all there. Compassion, courage, creativity, cash and credit. So how should we respond? I'm so glad you asked. City Harbor Church is supposed to be a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And in a personal way, we should be living the message that love gives with courageous generosity. We've spent months of your life doing Bible studies on this. We believe that God has already given us His best in Jesus. And so our reasonable response is to choose to live on less of our time, energy, and money. To live a courageous generosity so that we can live a love that gives. That's what we believe. It's a good time to say amen. (laughs) Amen, Pastor Preach, that's good. Right? That's the message that we live. Now personally, what decisions can we make? You see them on the screen. First, top left corner there, be prepared. Parable of the Good Samaritan. And what I love about many of you is that it's a part of a methodical decision. It's a part of monthly budgeting. It's a part of how you choose to spend your time. You literally, I'm not a, I'm not a budgeting person. I'm not a regular person. I just like to go with the flow. But I'm choosing to schedule my time and budget my money so that I can be generous without my car getting repoed. Right? Be prepared. The Good Samaritan. Compassion, courage, creativity, cash, and credit. Right? Be prepared. You need to be ready. Sometimes what this means is show up to work early. There he goes, cussing in church again. Show up to church early. Why? Because when you're not in a rush, you look like you are available to conversation to people that are around you that are not part of your world. Are we thinking? Yeah. Be prepared. Look what happens. Like we, we read the story of Peter in Acts, the lame men. 
What did they do? They looked at him. Silver and gold of I nuns, such as I have, give I thee. They looked at him and they say, look at me. They wanted an interaction. They didn't want the man to be looking at them with shame. Eye contact. Look. Listen. What are they asking for and what is the question underneath that they don't want to ask? Are you really listening when you interact with someone in need? Look. Listen. Care. In your heart there should be care. Love. It's what the last three weeks were for of Sundays, for you to get that love of God on the inside of you, right? Look, listen, care. Share. What what do you have? Peter said, silver and gold have I not. I ain't got anything on me. But what I do have, I will give you. What has God already given you? Sure. A place to sleep, clothes on your back, food, etc. And Jesus Christ salvation that treasure that is in your broken jar of clay share jesus love of jesus that is supernatural that means it goes beyond your capacity share and and do give we we will continue to give shoes to the homeless right come on share what you can give what you can Pray. Pray for them. Before, God, I ask that you would help me to recognize any opportunity you're going to give me today to to love on people. Pray during the event and pray after the event. Pray for them. You may have had a quick 30-second interaction with somebody. That was cool. Pray for them. You don't know what's going on spiritually. You may not know until you get to heaven, but your prayer can change the spiritual reality. Pray for them. And then follow up. It's a wonderful thing to say to someone, hey, you quote a verse in your prayer and then say, hey, can I text you that verse so you can remember it? What's your number? (laughs) Then you have a chance to follow up. Too practical? Right? Right? Now, what can we do as a group? I'm so glad you asked. Now, one of our our favorites is Manor House on 25th and Greenmount. Right? It's an easy place for you to go and volunteer. They serve breakfast and lunch to the homeless every day. Every day. Every day you can just drop what you're doing and go there and help serve food. And just say, Pastor Ben sent me. And the director, Salim, his staff, they know us. Go. 25th Greenmount. Every day. You can help serve food. We've, we've paid, uh, this past year we paid for two days of serving food. Which most people want to show up and have a photo op. We don't do that. We just go help. Manor House 25th and Greenmount. Miss Millie's with us. Mothers cry, right? You can help. You can help Miss Millie. We got the, um, I sent you all out in the email. November 18th is when our turkey giveaway, a grocery giveaway, and we need help with donations, right? We're going to be given last year 120 families of murder victims we gave Thanksgiving groceries to. This year we got the Waverly United Methodist, new Waverly United Methodist Church on 33rd right across from the giant is going to be hosting it in their facility so we're not out in the cold. Um, and we're trying, you can be praying, we're trying to find somebody who would cater a sit-down meal for that too. Um, that's something else we're trying to do. Celebrate recovery inside. What is that? I'm so glad that you asked. Wednesday night, celebrate recovery here at the Hamden Family Center, 7 p.m. It's a safe place for you to find 
healing and freedom from life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Holly, Brian, many others for many months have been going into the prison and leading people that are incarcerated in celebrate recovery, which includes 12-step recovery from whatever it is that they're going through. They can use drugs inside prison. It's a functional reality. Last year, they, they, they did a medical survey and 70% of the inmates were using drugs actively in the prison. Like, we can do something about that. We can help people be ready to have gainful employment, start their own businesses, do things when they're released. We can help them. And this church is becoming the umbrella for Celebrate Recovery inside. There's a transition that's going on from Trinity Life that has been the leadership in the past to this church because of Brian and Holly. Did you know that? That's kind of cool. Thank you. Got an emotional response from somebody. (laughs) You can volunteer to go inside and lead a study inside. And all of you can be a help. This is a really important ministry. More on that later. Somebody Cares Baltimore. Our friend Matt Stevens that does Day of Hope around Baltimore City. Mercy Chef events, things like that. They're very active right now in Houston and in Puerto Rico and here in Baltimore. We love them. Helping Up Mission. A very important partner and team challenge in Baltimore. Um, residential recovery services for people that are struggling with addiction. We love them. White, White Lock Farm. Becky and Justin direct the White Lock Farm, which is the best urban farm in Baltimore City. Why is that important? Because Baltimore City has what is called food deserts. It's regions of the city where people don't have a grocery store close to them and certainly don't have affordable produce, that's vegetables, that's close to them. They are actively doing something because they've heard the call of Christ to not neglect justice and love. So why do I have these on the screen? Well, honestly, as a church, we need more of your money than we ever need before. But if you've got extra shekels, I think you should look them up and give them to them. You put $100 in Miss Millie's hand today, she's going to take out a family for lunch that lost a child this month to murder. There's a way to make a difference with issues in our city that we can feel overwhelmed by and we don't have the answers to. There's a way where we as a group can make a difference. And you don't know this because we don't talk about it a lot, brag about it a lot, but there are meetings that happen in the city of government agencies, nonprofits, and businesses coming together to try to strategize about the problems where our church name is known. They, they think we're a lot bigger. because we live this message you can help I've been all over the city and people know the White Lock Farm I'm a little excited today aren't you glad you're a part of the family of God let's stand and close in prayer today God I'm so glad That you cared about me when I was at my worst and you cared enough to send Jesus Christ so that I could be forgiven of my sins and have salvation. Help all of us to be excited about that gratitude for our salvation. And Lord, I thank you that your heart is for the poor, the oppressed, the broken, the needy, the hurting, the addicted, the diseased. I thank you, God, that that is what you are like. 
I thank you, Lord Jesus, you said that you came for those who are sick, those who knew that they had need, not for those who think they are healthy. God, help us to respond personally, to change how we live, to ratchet up our generosity factor. Help us as a group, as a church family, to continue to make a difference in this city. Lord, answer our cries for help. Funding for Bibles and books for Celebrate Recovery Inside. Funding for the Thanksgiving food giveaway. Lord, an ability to meet the needs of others. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you all so very much. Thank you for being here. Please remember, pray for Steve and Melinda. So generously give their home, their resources for our student and youth ministry. Um, Love on each other. Give somebody a hug and a high five. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.